This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Thomas with the Akron Beacon Journal. I'm joined by Steve Dorshik of the Canton Repository, Nate Ulrich of the Beacon Journal, and Marla Reidenauer of the Beacon Journal. We're going to try and dissect this monstrosity we saw in the field this evening. It was this evening, wasn't it? Yeah. Before we, before we really get into this, I, I just have to ask Steve, would you like to go off on officiating this this evening? Oh, I, did I do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember thinking that. But uh, no, I didn't think it was. Uh, I, I thought the the previous game of the uh, the uh, horrible calls were a big reason for the outcome. I didn't think uh, any of the calls were a reason for the outcome today, even even though you could debate some of them. You, you could debate some of them, but you're absolutely right. This was just basically a trash performance, and there there's no way to sugarcoat it, especially defensively, which is the subject of Marla's column that's online right now, and you'll, you can read it tomorrow, I think. That defense, and we're back to talking about the defense. After all the money they've invested in, in new players, um, allegedly talent players, it's just not coming together. You're looking at 37 points today. You're looking at 47 points last week, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't pretty at all. Um, What do you see going on there, Marla? Well, I'm not exactly sure, but I think I figured out in the – the four games against um, – I'm not, not counting the Vikings and the Bears. They're giving up 34.5 points a game. I mean, that is not going to cut it. I mean, and I, I just feel like maybe we were all excited about this revamped defense, and, you know, they don't they still don't have the right players. I mean, you're – you know, John Johnson the third. I mean, I mean, I'm not so sure about Walker, Troy Hill. I, I, I guess I guess I had – bigger, higher hopes that they were going to really solidify, you know, especially around miles. And so far I haven't seen it. I just really, you know, uh, although I did, when I was looking up how many yards they've given up, the Browns offense is still outgaining its opponents by almost 90 yards per game. So, but I just don't feel like that they're getting their money's worth on uh, for all these guys they brought in. Well, generally speaking, yard, yardage is the, the worst metric for, for measuring a defense. It's, it's like, I'm sorry, there's there's one metric, scoring, period. That That's that's the metric. And this, this defense in that area, at least the past two weeks, has been positively rancid. What I didn't say in the column, but what I think is interesting is Usually in the past, we were always ripping them for missed tackles. This time, it's the communication and the busted coverage. So 
it's it's a little different than sort of I feel like what we've been we've seen before. May I disagree uh, to a certain extent? That of course <laughs> you, you never have a problem disagreeing, Steve. The defense. Um, I, I'm going to be charitable this evening and say that the defense, George, was not rancid. Harsh word there, George, but very disappointing. Or maybe only just simply disappointing, not even grossly disappointing. And here's why I'm saying that. You can't play defense and you can't play football with an offense that has a drive chart. Now I'm going to glance over the numbers. First drive. Minus one yard. Second drive, 53 yards. Uh, whoopee. <laughs> Third and fourth drives, two yards, two yards. And then uh, throw in uh, a fumble and an interception there. You can't play football. You, you know, complimentary football is a cliche, but it's, it's also real. You can't play complimentary football with, with a drive chart like that. And ironically, I thought the defense actually played very good football albeit uh, for a, a rather short time. But after the uh, the fumble in the, the first half and after the interception, I, I think, uh, well, here, yeah, here it is. Arizona's drive chart after those turnovers was zero yards. The field goal was uh, just a, a pure product of the turnover. Minus five yards. And there was a, a sack, uh, a sack involved in in, in there, uh, but uh, I thought the defense was on the verge of getting into the ball game and participating in a potential victory there. But the offense, George, I will use the word rancid for the offense. Uh, you can use the word rancid. Well, you can use the word rancid for the offense. I have no problem with that one either. But with the exception of those two drives you're talking about, I'll, and I'll give them credit for those stops, limiting them to field goals. I absolutely. But take away the two field goals, and they're still they still gave up 31 points. There were two more, by the way, George. There was a. There were two, three, and outs to, to start the second half. So uh, I'm giving the defense credit. But yeah, again, I'm not not, uh, not thrilled with the defense. It's got to be way better uh, given the personnel uh, uh, than, than it has been. But uh, uh, I, I just think that the, the, the whole story of today's game, in my opinion, was there was no offense. And of course, there were reasons for that with no Chubb and no uh, two uh, starting uh, tackles and no Jarvis Landry, and then the uh, problems came up during the game. But uh, we're going to go offense as the uh, as, uh, main culprit in this game. Did anyone see who was wearing the green dot today? I did not. Okay. I need to see it on the rewatch, but you know, heading in Joe Woods said that it was probably going to be John Johnson the third again for the second game in a row. And I'm just wondering, even though Kevin Stefanski shot down my question last week and definitively said no without hesitation as to whether changing the defensive signal caller had anything to do with the communication breakdowns in Inglewood, California, I am wondering if these communication issues are related to that responsibility coming out of the linebacking uh, core. You know, we had Anthony Walker Jr. calling the plays heading into the season, then he gets hurt in Malcolm Smith ends up calling the place. Smith is now hurt, abdominal injury. Only played a few snaps last week against the Chargers, was inactive today with that injury. 
So I'm just wondering, we're seeing these busted coverages. To me, that's the main concern. Marlo mentioned it earlier. You know, missed tackles for years were the, the uh, Achilles heel or whatever of the defense. Yeah, the communication issues are really uh, popping up and they're recurring. And I'm wondering what has to do with all of the changes. Now, John Johnson III, yeah, he called the plays last year for the Rams. They were number one ranked defense. It's not like he's not capable, but he's also playing a different position than he's played before or a different role, I should say. He's always been a safety, but he used to move around and play all different types of safety. And he said this year it's been an adjustment playing strictly free safety. So I don't know. It, it is interesting and um, kind of strange that these communication issues popped up the last two games. Is it as simple as, you know, the Browns played two really good quarterbacks the last two games? Certainly that has something to do with it. But the Browns are shooting themselves in the foot, too, with these communication lapses. Yeah, still, it was 24 to 9. Was it? Uh, that was, it was a nine-point game at, at the point when the, the defense had gotten the team uh, back in position where it could win with any help from the offense. And, and that's all, all good stuff, Nate. The, the defense has to be fixed, and there's no real evidence that it's going to get fixed. But, uh, I, I mean, we're coming off of a game where we're talking about going forward with real injury uh, questions at, 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 uh, at quarterback. Oh, goodness gracious, uh, that's a quarterback. No Nick Chubb uh, until we uh, hear that he's coming back. And who knows uh, how serious the Kareem uh, Hunt injury is and uh, obj was uh, off the field uh, for part of the game with an injury and jarvis landry was uh uh it, it isn't uh, isn't playing today and, and your tackles are down but it's just uh you know, a really daunting menu of, uh, of problems that the offense faces that uh i think the defense is going to be fine the the quarterback play is going to taper off a little bit here in the coming weeks i think the defense is going to be fine if the offense can do anything to play complimentary football, but that's really a worrisome question right now with so many people out. What gives you the confidence that that's, that's going to happen? That what's going to happen, George? The, the defense is going to be better. I like the personnel. Uh, I, I do, I do think that the, the, the reason that uh, the, the, uh, the performance today seemed so awful was that they never got a chance to finish keeping the team in the game when the offense couldn't uh, correspond by uh, by mustering up a, a drive here and there and, and uh, was really in, a, in ineffective. Uh, that, that put the defense uh, in a bad position. But let's face it, uh, they're, they're up against two MVP candidates for quarterback in the last two weeks. Herbert, although he certainly must not have looked that part today against the Baltimore Ravens, and, and today Murray. But MVP candidates are MVP candidates for a reason. In, in those two cases, uh, good reasons. And to me, the two nice uh, stands that the uh, defense made today after the turnovers and the two three and outs to start the second half, which a lot of uh, coaches would argue is the most important segment of a football game. That is the opening moments of the, the second half. To me, I, I think the defense, that's what gives me uh, the, the belief, George. In addition to liking the, the personnel overall, 
that uh, it, the belief that it has a chance to come together. Fair enough. I, I'm, I was just curious. <laughs> um, at what point does Stefanski stop with the fourth down calls when he could take easy points? Well, I don't think he's going to stop. Uh, that is really an organizational decision. You know, he, he obviously makes the calls during the games, but, you know, it's a it's a philosophy. Uh, it's analytics-based, um, and that's the aggressive uh, play style that they want to have as a team and as an offense, and that's going to be his, his MO as a coach. So, you know, obviously there are going to be certain situations where he kicks, but, you know, I think we've seen him you know, in a lot of these games so far, uh, certainly the last couple, he's facing these elite quarterbacks with these high-powered offenses, and he, and he points are at a premium. But even going back to last year, he talked about sevens instead of threes all the time. I just think that's who he is, and I think that Paul DePodesta on down in the organization, that's who they are. I would have argued, though, that when you're playing an undefeated team, you might want some points there early, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not agreeing situation by situation with whether to kick or go for it. But I just think that that's what we're seeing. I think this is who we're, we're watching. This is who we're covering. I don't see it changing. I'd rather see a slugger than a boxer, so I like the aggressiveness. But let's look at today's uh, uh, fourth down play call. It was a sack. There were two fourth down play calls in the uh, first quarter against the, the Bears, both sacks. So if something gives, uh, something's got to got to give with uh, Stefanski's. And he keeps owning, he keeps saying this. It rem reminds me of Vinny Testaverde uh, back in uh, 1994. Everybody loved Vinny because he, in, in 95. He was such a stand-up guy. He said, oh, don't uh, don't dump on Vinny. You know, he said he uh, owns up to everything. There comes a point where you can own up to it, but you better start changing it. You better start, uh, you know, making winning calls. So, a lot of that. Uh, I, I, I like the aggressiveness, but uh, Kevin, and I, I like that he's he's busting himself too. He's not sending in good play calls, and he's saying so uh, each each and every week. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's really disturbing that. The last three fourth downs uh, where he's gone for it in the first quarter here at home uh, have, have all resulted in sacks. And I, one more just to throw into the argument. I know what the analytics say, but when you're last week you're without Jed Wills, this week you're without Wills and Conklin. I mean, I would think the, I don't know I'm, if there's numbers to support your success rate in the, fourth down without your two starting tackles, but that's something else I probably would have factored in if I were thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I, I just think of the, the money down player uh, for the Browns, the number one guy to me is Jarvis Landry, who's missed the, four, the past four games. Not to mention, I think the best offensive player is, is Nick Chubb, who is out today. But I, George, do you mind if I if I – Ask a question real quick. Sure, it's your I party. Want your, I want your blessings. <laughs> <to host. laughs> 
Um, no, I just, I just want to kind of toss this around with you guys real quick before we get rolling. You know, Miles Garrett said after the game he's not worried. They still have time to go uh, 14 and three. Baker Mayfield said, you know, they're not panicking. But at three and three, with the injuries they're facing, quick turnaround Thursday night against Denver. To what extent are you guys worried or think the Browns should be? <laughs> That's a, I, have, I obsess over uh, getting home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs. If you have a, a, a roster good enough to get that, and I thought uh, going into the season that the Browns did. I thought in the early part of the Kansas City game, they looked like they had the roster that, that, that made you say, this looks like the kind of team that could get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think the uh, the, uh, the horse that I have to jump off right now is you got to quit worrying about that now because that ain't happening with the three early losses. And just to worry about uh, getting uh, your act together and being a playoff team. They're two behind uh, Baltimore now. So, But, but um, um, I agree with Garrett in that. It's early, as George's, as we were uh, hashing over uh, a bit ago. Uh, I, I still believe the defense can play. To me, if somehow, and it's a big somehow now, with the uh, not just the uh, injuries, but the uh, critical injuries at uh, at the most important positions, if they can somehow get some uh, good news uh, at some of those spots. Uh, I'm uh, all in with uh, with Garrett and thinking this this team can be uh, good enough to get in the playoffs and. And just have to take your chances and try to do what uh, Tampa Bay did last year and fight your way uh, throughout the, uh, the the road trips uh, as far as you can. I haven't given up on the playoffs, but I do feel like it's going to – they're going to have to regroup starting on a Halloween, in my opinion. I don't see all these guys being – these injured guys being back for Thursday. So um, I think it will be a question of can they get on a roll – starting on Halloween. The, the thing is, though, do you really want to give up on Thursday? That's what that's what that sounded like to me. I, I, Denver isn't 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 a world beater. Um, their their three losses are against sub five hundred teams. Or three no, wins, not, I should say. I'm not giving up on Thursday. I'm just saying. Um. You know, I, Baker says he's going to play, but I mean, I just, you know, you might not have Chubber Hunt, uh, you know, might not have the tackles. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to be realistic here. Maybe Keenum was 11 and three. Maybe if you have a Landry, you you're like okay. <laughs> but I think Keenum enters the equation at some point. I mean, if Baker's really messed up, uh, uh, you, you, uh, you're, you're paying Keenum whatever it is, six or seven million dollars uh, this year. Uh, because he was eleven and three as as an emergency starter, so and, and to me that's not off off the table, and is uh, is a viable topic. And uh, well, is it over if uh, Mayfield can't play? And uh, you no, know, if I'm planning for the Browns, I'm certainly not thinking so. I don't I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to allow himself to be pulled off unless he's like got appendages literally hanging from his body. That's just the way he comes across. And he's close to it now, but I just don't see it happening unless he's hurting the team. And I don't know necessarily that he's been hurting the team. They've been hurting themselves as a whole. 
he, he threw a couple real bullets right after he got hurt. That's what's, you know, that's why you go back and forth, I think, on on the Keenum thing, Steve. So, yeah. And tonight, uh, looking at his first three throws, I, I'll uh, want to see those again. But if I'm not mistaken, his first three throws, which are easy, short throws, uh, all were off in, uh, in one shape or, or another. And I, I think they that just reflects the fact that uh, you, know, you got a guy who's uh, who's beat up. Uh, you're sending out there. I, I think maybe you just have to. Well, of course you have to hear what the medics have to say, and uh, they, and, and it, it, if they say it's it's fifty fifty, then you have to make uh, the the tough call. If you have to put a gaff hook in uh, Baker's shoulder pads and uh, drag him uh, drag him out, that's what you do. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't care how you feel, Baker. Is the way what I'm I'm saying to him. Uh, I just think we have a better chance with uh, with Keenum because his body's intact and yours certainly is not right now. I think we should send you into the locker room to drag him out, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the good news for the Browns. The Broncos have lost their last three. They lost today to the Raiders, who just lost their head coach. <laughs> I mean, if, if there's a team you can get right against on a short week, um, you know, Denver might might be one of them. And, you know, certainly I think a lot of it's going to have to do with the, the injury situation of the Browns. If Jarvis Landry can come back, that would be huge. He practiced Friday. He's been designated for return, so they, have to, they would have to activate him, I think, by 4 p.m. Wednesday. You know, if Baker can play, you know, he will. He said he expects to. Odell, he left the game, but he came back in. The big one is Kareem Hunt, obviously. Um, I think we can safely rule him out after he's carted off the sideline. Um, you know, if they get Nick Chubb back, obviously huge. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa left the game late with a right right ankle injury. Been a really good player for him so far, so that's one to keep an eye on too. So they're going to have to, like Steve said earlier, these MRIs and everything, they're going to have to get some good news tomorrow. Um, you know, it's not all going to be good news. But I think they're at a crossroads. I think this is a big game Thursday. You know, you go into that mini buy four and three, I think it's just a whole different feel from three and four. And then you got to start your AFC North schedule, as Marlon mentioned earlier, on Halloween against the Steelers. I think if, four, if they can get it together, ham and egg it, get through Thursday with a win – Four and three, yeah, I, I think that Miles Garrett can be correct. Not not about not not about fourteen and three, but can be correct in, in the fact that this isn't a major, okay. you know, cause for worry that, that that they can get things wrong because it is about playing your best in November and then even better in December, peaking at the right time. So there is time left to do it, but I just think that they they really do need a a win, get things back on the right track, heading in that Steelers game. Do they have to have one of those tackles back, at least one of those guys back for Thursday night, do you think? Ideally both, but. I don't think so. I saw Aaron, I've said this uh, and thought this many times. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a bunch of uh, different times and in multiple years, has played behind some of the worst collections of offensive linemen you'll ever see. And a lesser quarterback, but a good one, Phillip Rivers, did the same thing. I kind of marveled at Phillip <clears throat> Rivers' ability 
to uh, make a chicken salad out of the kind of lines he had to play behind sometime. So I, I don't think so, George. But the uh, the flip side is you need your quarterback to play uh, really well and to be thinking and playing uh, a really good game. I just don't know if Baker can do that uh, in his physical condition. All right, guys, it's late. It's going to be even later next Thursday when we do this. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let, let's say good night. For Nate Ulrich, Marla Reinauer, Steve Dorshep, and myself, I'm George Thomas. We'll talk to you Thursday. Good night.